Hello and welcome to The Life Pod, hosted by Michael Panay and Karim Dow, brought to you by MK Enterprises, a community based on discussing life topics and driving continual personal development and growth. Send through any topics you want covered and be sure to follow and tag us on all social media at MK Enterprises. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 2023. What a year 2022 was and we are here continually growing and developing here with our first episode for the year which is episode 33 for us episode one of 2023 we're kicking <laughs> it off with a bang emma cunningham thank you so much for joining us you are an absolute machine at what you do e-commerce guru mentor you're killing the game in what you do so thank you genuinely so much for joining us here today no thank you for having me i'm really excited had a really good 2022, um, so yeah, excited to talk about a bit of that and um, obviously what's ahead for this year. Absolutely. Um, so we were just talking before we got on. So you're currently, currently in Melbourne. <laughs> we'll work all that out anyway. Currently in Melbourne, but you're heading back to Queensland. So were you born and raised in Queensland? Yeah, so I'm originally from Brisbane um, yeah. and I love the Gold Coast, so I spent a lot of time there as well. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to Melbourne um, a couple of years ago now and I have loved Melbourne, but... Not I, the weather. Just not the weather, yes. Oh my God, 2022 was just winter for 12 months. You're not wrong at all. <laughs> it's raining every day. It's just ridiculous. It's I think everyone I speak to is like, oh yeah, I want to go to Queensland. I think that's why a lot of people are just getting sick. It's like hot, cold, 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 hot, rain, Hang on, muggy. Were you in Melbourne or Queensland for COVID? I was in Queensland for the first year of it and I came to Melbourne thinking I'd missed, like, yeah. you know, no. uh, at the end of it thinking, yep, done. It's, it's And then Dan Andrews. Your yeah. restrictions are so much lighter than ours. And then the next yeah. year it was like came back and I got stuck in the house for like three <sighs> solid months and it was pretty depressing because I'm someone bad. that likes, I'm not a homebody, I'm like, I'm someone that likes to be out and about. Just, yeah, yeah, like just keep me busy, out of the house. So to like get in the car and be only allowed to drive five k's and <coughs> five k's, yeah, one <laughs> one coffee a day, like that was super depressing. And back for me. in by six p.m. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's funny you said you're a homebody because she's not a homebody. Oh, so you, it's funny you saying you're not a homebody because I find that most of the people that we sort of deal with and speak to that are in the e-commerce or dropshipping world mm. sort of stick to themselves. In you know, in their office or in their room, and do all the work from from that space. So I, I don't know. I just found that interesting. It's good. Yeah, no, I'm I'm someone that will have my laptop with me twenty four seven, and then just boom wherever you are. I'm out of the house most nights. I'll go to like a shisha lounge and do my work. How good? Why is does work? that? Why does that sound like us? <laughs> I know it is us. One of the boys. What do you smoke? What's your, what flavor? You, what's your go to flavor? Oh, I've been mixing it up a lot lately. Like you I have could to. rattle off like four different ones right go. now, but my main one that I've stuck with is blueberry mint. Oh my okay. god! Yes, <laughs> I win every time. <laughs> That's literally our one too. Um, oh, what else? You what else? What another good one. Honestly, another good one. Apple peach mint and. My friend Pax put me onto that, and he, Pax, he owns he owns a shisha lounge, so you'd expect him to know what he's Pax talking about. Pax is the about. goat, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Mint and Co. Oh yeah, <laughs> shout just out to Mint and Co. Yeah. Shout out Mint and Co. Yeah. But they're getting all the big names. But Shaq was there just chilling, you know. You ever seen a big ass black guy smoke shisha in Melbourne, bro? <laughs> now you have. <laughs> oh, he loves it though. He loves it. Um, but he, yeah, for those who don't know, sort of who you are, what you do, please let them know. So we've done a little bit of research about you. So I, I think we know some of your backstory. No, uh, that's okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what I've heard, you were working for the government, yep. and that sort of stopped around 2019, mm-hmm. and then you sort of made your transition. What was it? Which is pretty much start mid COVID. So it was like, was like, okay, well, was the thought process behind it like, all right, I can't do this anymore, like my business or the w- where I'm working is closed. Mm-hmm. Obviously you work for the government. It's probably a little bit different, but it's like, how am I going to continue making an income? Was that sort of the thought process that made you make the switch? I think, I think maybe we should. Cause I was asking her a question. No, not I you. know, but I think <laughs> it'd be good to sort of gauge where you were at prior to the lead up. Of, I get excited. I get, yeah, yeah. he gets, he's just like, boom, what's the answer? <laughs> blah, 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 this and that. But yeah, that's okay. I think we should maybe sort of your upbringing and everything. And then okay. what you, what, you know, yeah, what yeah. led you to that? your path that you're on at the moment okay no problem um so when i was growing up my mum had a very secure government job and still to this day works there um you know 25 year career top top of the ranks that you can possibly get to um and my dad was a business owner who's now retired 
So um, for me, I kind of got exposure to both being a business owner, working your own hours, making, you know, unlimited money. Like Mm. the harder you work, the more you can make, that sort of thing. Like for him, he grew his business to like six different franchises. Um, He had protein stores, so it was sort of, you know, spread out. Yeah, so I've always been exposed to that. But then in the same respect, saw my mum, you know, getting promotions and working really hard as well. So hard work um, for me has come naturally because of the fact that I've been exposed to two parents that have worked their asses off. But in the same respect, I went down the path that my mum did by getting a secure government job. You'll never lose your job. You know, even if the world's ending, COVID, this, that, like whatever it is, you'll still have a job Mm. and they pay really well. So it was like, okay, my whole family was so proud of me when I secured a a job at Centrelink and then I also worked for the Department of Veteran Affairs for a while. Um, So in that um, time of my career, like my family were just so wrapped. And then when I'm like, hey, I'm leaving to go sell products online, they're like, what the hell is this? Because it's so foreign to them. Like that's not what their generation was about. None of their friends are e-commerce business owners. Like it's very foreign. So um, even with my dad, that was like brick and mortar stores that you can physically walk into and, you know. Did even he have something to say? Um, He was more supportive, I would say. My Uh, whole family were, but like it was also like, oh, that's risky. Like Mm. you've got a very good, yeah, don't Mm. you dare like, you know, stuff that up by leaving. And I'm just like four months into having a store, I quit my job. And it was just like, because I'd match my income at that point. So for me, it was like, why would I keep getting up every day to go to a job where I'm surrounded by people that aren't that motivated? Like it does wear off on you who you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm going to work and it's just like, I'm working alongside 55-year-old, 60-year-old people, no discredit to them, but they're at a different journey, uh, time in their journey, you know, different part. And, um, yeah, for me it was like, okay, if I could then put in an additional eight hours a day into my business, I can only imagine where it would grow to. So um, that was my first goal. Like I'm very big on goals and manifestation, all that sort of stuff. So for me it was like if I can match my income, I'll leave. And that's what happened four months in. So, yeah. Where did the – again, like why – why like why e-commerce why didn't you go cool i'm just gonna start my own business like where did that come like where was that spark um i was around some friends um at this same time so it was like i'm around people again drawing back to the fact that you know what that your, had ne- your network their, is that had dipped their circle. Feet, yeah. yeah they were doing it and i was just like your life is my dream um and now it's funny to look back because everything that i saw them doing is my reality now so again Sick. very big on the manifestation like i think Anyone can achieve anything and have anything in life if you can set your mind to it and visualize it and map it out. So, um, yeah, for me, the e-commerce side of things came from being around people and then Instagram algorithms. Like you like one thing about e-commerce and I kept getting ads and then getting targeted with people like selling a course to me and I'm like, okay, hold on, what's going on here? And then, yeah, just literally, um, yeah, social media kind of YouTube checking, you know, um, other people's videos about dropshipping, all that sort of stuff. Um, and it sort of just formed from there. I feel like there's a lot though on Instagram where it's just like, fuck. I mean, I know I got, I got a lot. It's like, fuck off. Like, mm. you know, like literally. Well, I feel that way. I feel <coughs> that way very heavily because I'm in the space. So I can see both sides to it. I can see that people really genuinely want to leave their jobs and ha- have a better future or even just have a side income. And then I can see people sort of exploiting that as well. And I'm just like, I'm there were, I'm, yeah. yeah, there was people that used to screenshot graphs and yeah. shit and literally yeah. like, oh, buy my e-commerce thing. So they actually yeah. weren't even doing fucking e-commerce. No. They would get a presentation from some bullshit thing online, make ads, sell it. And then they'd get their money through, you know, pe- poor people in the sense of like, fuck, I want to make money. And then yeah. they buy their programs and I it's just fucking bullshit. Yeah. I hate seeing that shit. I see it like firsthand. I don't know. You would see it firsthand, but it pissed me off because I, and you can tell which ones they are like straight away on Instagram. I fucking hate it. But it's so nice seeing someone like you who's doing it, making good income, trying to spread awareness for what's possible, but in such a ethical way. It's not like you see the people again, as Michael was saying, it's like, well, this guy just made $500,000 in one month doing what I'm doing. It's like, well, I don't well, think there's, a, there's a guy that I know of that does e-commerce and he sells programs and things like that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I sell education as well, but I do it in the right way where I can still walk down the street in 12 months and not be getting screamed at because yeah. this literally happened Correct. to a guy on the Gold Coast. He was out and people were like, you stole my money. And like they're screaming at him across the road and it got filmed. And it's someone that I know in that space. And it's just like, if you don't do it correctly and ethically, like you mentioned, then it comes back to haunt you. So, And you've done it. Yeah. Like, so yep. you actually know. Well, I partner with all of anyone that I work with and <coughs> if they become a student or a client, however you want to refer to them, I work directly with them. So it's almost like a partnership. Yeah, that's So sick. their results depend on how much energy I put into it and obviously what they bring to the table as well. But like I can't – I'm not just making money up front <coughs> and, and nothing, you know, further along. It's like we work together and, and see that success the whole way through. So yeah. it's really cool. 
just before I think we get into the actual topic of, you know, everything, mm-hmm. you said manifestation. Just mm-hmm. out of curiosity, was there anything specifically you did to sort of manifest it? Or is it like, is was there a division board? Was it an actual like plan yep. written down? Or is it just like every day in the car picturing the life? Like what type of manifestation things did you do that you felt like actually contributed to your success? Um, for me, I haven't tried um, exposing myself here. I haven't tried the writing it down yet. Like I've seen, I a, haven't lot of, I've seen a lot of TikToks yeah. about that. Like write down, I have, you know, and whatever it is that you want. Um, but for me, I have stuck to, and it has always worked, even <coughs> still to this month. Um, there's something uh, behind my computer, so I'm, I'm visual. Yeah, so they were originally these stick-it notes, random enough. But for me, when I had then achieved it, I could take it off and, and replace it with something. Whereas I find if, you know, you've got your visual... So it's almost like you can physically you know, yeah. interact with it. Okay, yeah. that's, that's a good oh, one. So it's not a vision board. It's like a little sticker note of the I goal. Had, I had sticker notes, yep, previously at the very beginning when I first started. And then now I've got the vision board where it's a visual, it's a photograph off like Pinterest, um, you know, and then now I've got that visual and they're directly behind my computer. Whereas originally it was at the end of my bed on the wall. So then when I'd wake up every day, I'd still be seeing it. When I'd get in bed every night, I'd see it. So that worked really well at first um and now i've got that um same sort of technique where it's like it's still uh, a vision board but now it's very visual um because they're photographs so i really I, like i, I love so, the sorry. stick it notes yeah i loved i really like that sorry <laughs> i really like the idea of having it behind like the workspace because i do something similar where it's like it's like my my background on my laptop so yeah. it's like on the days that you're feeling shit and you don't want to work it's like you sort of just look at the like look 10, 10 centimeters behind what you're working, you go, yes. okay, it's like, this is why I'm doing it. Yeah. It's like, it'll, it'll make sense one day, it'll pay off. If I just keep going, that's the outcome. Yeah, I so agree. I, I think that's huge. I had my car as my phone background before I even had the car. And it's a very unique color. Um, and that was the exact one that was on my phone. And I was like, I have to make this work. And I was just like, I c- I'm going to wrap it. I'll just buy any color of this car, but I'll wrap it. I'll do it aftermarket. And then Mercedes ended up calling me. This was a couple of years ago now being like, hey, we've got this car that's just come in. It's only got really low Ks. Like it's, you know, secondhand. Someone else has just had it um, well looked after. And I'm like, oh, what color is it? And they're like, oh, like the, the Magno Grey. And I'm like, oh, so I'd still have to wrap it. And they're like, no, no, no. Like this is the Mercedes-Benz paint. And I was like, oh, I'm like, okay. So it was it was wild because like the, the visualization crazy, on my huh? phone was like down to the T of getting it in the paint. Like you can't get that color of car yeah. in paint. Like wow. everyone's wrapping them aftermarket. And here I was thinking I'd go down that path and ended up with it exactly. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm huge on the manifestation and goal setting because I think that that drives you at the end of the day because a lot of people can lose track and come off quite quickly. I think that links in with another thing of goal setting. You have to be clear. Mm. You mm. have to be to the T. Yep. Like I'm, I'm linking up and doing a bit of a mentorship with Leo Hullaby and he's like, write down your goals. It's not just like, cool, oh, what, how much money or what car? It's like, what color, what year? Yeah. It's to the T. It's like the more you can – break down the goal to a T, yep. the more you can reverse engineer it into daily tasks to help you actually step forward. Because again, it's like if you say you want to make more money, yeah. I can give you a dollar and then therefore you're technically richer. Yeah, yeah. But how much money do you actually want to make? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just as well. It's like could be like, oh, I want a McLaren. Yeah. They range from the base models of like, you know, 300,000 to like 700 or whatever it is, you yep. know? So you got to be, again, specific. Yeah. It's I was just laughing before because we did an episode when we first started the podcast. I think it was like what episode three or four it was about manifestation, mm. and we full like dove into the power of it and how powerful it is and different types of things that you can do. So it's just funny to again to be speaking to someone like yourself, yeah, yeah, you know who's who's gotten who's had all the success and continues to you know grow, still use it, still use it, yeah. and then it's just crazy. I I, I love it. That's I, just interesting. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, <laughs> So, December 2019, you sort of <coughs> took the jump and you said four months in, you sort of quit. Yeah. And was that purely on, if you don't mind me asking, like, was that purely on income? Was that like, cool, I can see this getting bigger and I need to put more time into it? What, what, what made you go, all right, like, now's the time I can make the commitment where I don't need this job? I think for me, it was like the, the change in my interests. Um, as weird as that might sound, but I was no longer motivated because even at my old job, like I loved what I did and I, when I was in there, it was very serious to me and I wanted promotions and all of that sort of stuff. So I worked hard when I was there. When I started to feel that shift of like, I no longer care about being here. I can't give you my all being here. I didn't want to do that to my boss. I had a lot of respect for her and I felt as if, um, you know, if I spend that time dedicated to my actual business for myself, I could only imagine where it would go. So for me, it was a bit of a change in my interests and, and knowing that if I 
couldn't give it all anymore, then I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to have a bad rep or be a lazy employee. That's just not in my nature. I really respect the whole, if I put these hours into my own thing, yeah. where can it take me? Because I was in a similar boat mid-year this year. And I was like, oh, maybe I should just go get like a sort of a normal job as well as my business because mm. oh, things aren't doing as good as I'd like them to be. Mm. And I was like, well, I just spent like six hours at this job for like <clears throat> a quarter of the money. I was like, if I just spent that six hours generating leads or yeah. calls or whatever, it's like <coughs> I could have just tripled my revenue. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like if you just reverse engineer that and just put that energy into your business or your side hustle that should be your main hustle, yep. you're going to make so much more money long term. No, no, I agree. For me, I'm about collectively just ROI. Mm-hmm. It's return on investment. Mm-hmm. And obviously – Money buys one thing that probably holds the most value for me and it's just time. Mm-hmm. You know, time to do whatever you want. Time to spend with your partner, time to spend with your kids, time to time to be you and time to live your life. Time to right? reinvest in your business if anything. And yeah, then I mean... If, that, if that's your priority. If that's your like priority, if that's what you yeah. want to do. I think, yeah, where you're heading there is like you want, you, you want to be able to wake up and choose what you do with your day. Yeah, correct. Correct. And yeah. for me, and even being in real estate, which is a fantastic industry to make a lot of money in, mm-hmm. it gets to a point where it's just like, all right, I'm doing too much now and I'm not seeing the reward. You know, I'm, I'm working ridiculous amount of hours a week, which in the start, when you're in the industry, you do, you need to, you know, establish yourself up because essentially it's your own business. Yes. So as, as I'm sure you're aware, you put in those fucking hours at the yeah. start with the end goal. And for me, it's all about how to generate a business or time or or, or money. How to that, leverage it. How to leverage it. So yeah. where you don't have to you don't have to be there. Or you don't have to do it. Or you can, again, you can take time to take your partner away to Europe or do whatever or go to Dubai, for example. So that's my, you know, perspective on it all. Yeah, I think um, there's probably a lot of people on here that have heard the words e-commerce and drop shipping. So before you ask that, just on the whole like. Leveraging time and that sort of thing. I, had to, I got asked this question the other day and it was a really hard one. I thought you guys would like it. So it's if you had to pick out of one of the two would, with your job or whatever it is, would you prefer time freedom or location freedom with your job? Time freedom. Time freedom, yeah. Yeah. And is that just, again, to just do what you want with the time? Yeah, I So guess. you're happy to be sort of in the same spot forever in terms of location but still be able to do what you want? I, I don't know. I think there's obviously a lot of other questions to add to sort of that. I, I feel. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like like uh, it's what, not are a we very not to leave Melbourne. Yeah, like it's, it's like what are, like what what, what is time and then what location? What are you talking about? You're talking about location of work or like what, what? Yeah, so it's like obviously like if you're in your life, for example, you have the because you're in e-commerce, you can travel the world and still work. Yes, but obviously you're still very. I wouldn't. I'm not, I'm not sure how it is now. You be, like you might be slightly time poor, where like you're still working long hours. Mm. So it's like, which would you rather? Would you rather be able to travel and work, or and like be strapped for hours that you have to continuously work, or have more hours in the day but sort of be in the same spot where you have to work in a spot? Well, the whole point for me to work hard is so I can travel. So I feel like then I would sort of travel and work because then you're you're doing sort of you're killing two birds with one stone there and again it's all about perspective because if you love what you do you're not working Mm, like you're traveling the world and you're doing fucking something that you love facts cool all righty yes again so what what, what i was saying is there's obviously there's e-commerce and there's drop shipping yep and i guess a question a lot of our audience would would have you know heard those two things but do you mind sort of clarifying actually what e-commerce is and then obviously what drop shipping is I'll explain a couple of the different ways because cool. I think um, for myself, I've, I've definitely tested a few different things and even what I do right now is not what I did when I first started. So like now you're into private labeling, correct? Uh, now I do private labeling, yes, but I also do something called wholesaling, which a lot of people don't talk about, especially in Australia. It's an this American sick, thing. Yeah, which I, I've done a lot of research on wholesaling. Yes. And there's quite like a lot of money into that as well. It's huge. Yeah. Like huge. So um, e-commerce, to answer your question, e-commerce is essentially uh, buying and selling an item for a profit online. So whether that be a digital product like, you know, uh, a course or whether that be an e-book or something like that or, you know, cookbook, whatever. As long as it's digital and online, it it constitutes e-commerce. Obviously, the main way that a lot of people do it is physical products. And then the method of how you then deliver that to the, you know, your customer audience is um, what I guess the differences are between your drop shipping, your private label, all that sort of stuff. So drop shipping is um, a really low barrier to market, like in terms of getting your foot 
you know, dipping your toes in, getting stuck in, that sort of thing. Um, it's a very low barrier to market way of getting in the industry. So essentially what you're doing is you're advertising a product as if you have it. So I've got a thousand of these coffee mugs. Um, you know, this, this is, is drop my, shipping now. This is drop shipping. Yep. yep. This is my brand. Um, you know, you'll come on my store, you'll buy one of these coffee mugs, but really I don't actually have them. They're in the um Shopify. Know, they're in the Chinese warehouse. We basically then tell China, hey, send one of these to Australia. The next order comes in from England. Okay, send another one to England and it's going all over the place. So there's no middleman, it's direct to the public for, they just order. So you just buy the, the the quantity, like let's say you buy, you might buy no, new. So you're that's, not that's, buying the quantity. You don't, you don't buy it, but you advertise as if you do have it. So you would come on my store thinking, oh yeah, cool. It says here that they're from Australia. Great. I'm going to get this next week or within three days, whatever, whatever the expectations are of Australia post. Yeah. You then order from me. However, it's not with me. It's in China. They have it. And I usually would see uh, a lesser profit margin because I don't, I, when you buy up uh, in bulk up front, you'll get a cheaper price because Correct, you can yeah. negotiate because it is technically a singular transaction when you're doing drop shipping, where it's like one order, next order, over there, England, US, whatever. You have to have some sort of capital. Well, yeah, kind yeah. of, um, to do your advertising, to generate those sales. But do you have to pay for the stock up front? No. Yeah, that, no, that, that's what I was confused. So how does it... Sorry, yeah. maybe it was a bad analogy, but no, no, I was trying yeah, to Yeah, so how does it work in terms of like... From a consumer point of view is where I was going with yep. it though. The consumer genuinely thinks you've got that ready yep. to go. You're going to send they that think out you tomorrow. Own the yep. Yeah, they think you own it. So your branding on it is very like, you know, and, and how you advertise it on your stores is as mm -hmm. if you've got them ready to rock and they're going to get it very quickly. This is the downside with dropshipping because it comes from China. It'll take three weeks to get here. By the time your email goes out to your customer to say, hey, it's your order's been shipped. Here's your tracking number. If they click on it, it says it's coming from China. It says China Post tracking it arrives, it's got Chinese writing all over <laughs> it, nothing against Chinese people, but like it's just people, the expectations, especially in, in yep. Australia, are yeah. like people expect premium. Most of the items that we go and buy from David Jones originate from China, but no one thinks about that because it's in David Jones and the credibility is there. So yeah. drop shipping, the downside is <clears throat> your shipping times and also the fact you have no control over how it arrives to your customer. But it's a great way to get in the market because you don't have to buy a thousand of them up front, but you can advertise okay. as if you do. Okay. So how does it work from the back end? So like you're the one selling the mugs. Yep. So how does that work between you and the supplier of the mugs? Yep. So usually you would have a Shopify, like you mentioned, Michael. Um, and basically, yeah, it would be linked. You would have already found your supplier before <coughs> you um, you know, start your store. So let's say we were going to sell these mugs. We find a supplier in China for the mugs. Um, you'll probably find that you're paying like, say, $5 a mug, for example, versus if you went down the path of a private label, you might be paying like $2 a mug. So it's quite a difference in the price. So your margins of profit are usually a lot less on a dropshipping store. However, you're not having to go outlay, you know, $10,000 on these yeah, mugs you can that you've do it never with, sold. You can do it with minimal capital. Yes. Yeah. So that's where that low barrier to market sort of comes back to where you can sort of get in, you can start with $500, $1,000, whatever, um, and be able to see some sales come through. And then when you know that these coffee mugs sell really well, yeah. then you can go down the path of buying a container of them and bringing it in and scaling it that way. So, so wait, when you say bringing it in, right? Where did we'll bring it in where? Because I know Shopify, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, because mm -hmm. I don't know a lot about Shopify, but. So Shopify is literally just a website platform. So a lot of it's the number one for <coughs> e-commerce in terms of if you want to do your own store. Mm. And then the actual number one in terms of e-commerce in general is your Amazon. So Amazon supersedes Shopify, but um, Shopify supersedes things like WooCommerce and um, Squarespace. There's a couple of other ones, but basically a Shopify is just a website. Okay. So it's a website where people can go on to view your product. Yep. Yep. Okay. So most of the brands that you would shop from would be hosted and be on Shopify. Shopify. Yeah. Okay. But so all it is is a website platform. It, if I'm buying 5,000 mugs yep. through, let's just say the e-commerce method, mm -hmm. where do those 5,000 mugs get stored? At the manufacturing China. Yeah, so China. So if you're dropshipping, stays in the Chinese warehouse. There's a main website that people do it through called AliExpress. Yeah. That's your dropshipping website. Yeah. Um, and if I pulled up AliExpress right now and then I pulled up their sister company, which is Alibaba, which is where you go if you're going to buy them in bulk and bring them to Australia or bring them to England, wherever. Yeah. Um, you'll see the difference in price. It'll be very drastic. Like the same item you'll be looking at, but it'll say you're going to buy 500 units of this versus just one is double the price. Like it's yeah. a very big difference in your profit margins. Yeah. But it's still a great way to get started in the space and be able to, you know, make sure that this product sells. And then when you know it does, you can transition to that. So you have to buy in that method, you'll have to buy say 5,000 mugs up front. Well, each supplier will have different minimum order quantities. Yeah, so it could so be five, ten thousand, fifteen, whatever. Yep. Let's just say it's five thousand. Do they? You have to pay for that five thousand up yep. front. Yep, they make it. Then, then they'll put your logo on it, 
and then they packaging as well packaging the whole lot whatever, okay so they actually manufacture want, it. Yeah, oh, like okay the whole thing. and they store it at their warehouse well they will oh sorry so that would be if you're going to then send it here so that would be if you're going to do a private label they will do all of that for you and then they will say okay the 5000 quantities yep. but then you're stuck here having to have some sort of storage facility yep, yep. okay so there, there's obviously there's pros, pros and cons, cons between both, both. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah okay interesting i'm not sure if you said it i zoned out for a second but back to the dropshipping with with you said you don't actually buy the mugs mm-hmm. So how does is there any transaction between you and the people in China for the mugs? Yeah. So let's say you advertise these as fifty dollars, yep. but you're going to pay five for them. Yep. So the fifty dollar transaction will occur on your Shopify. You'll get paid out within a day or two. You'll then pay the supplier in China five dollars, and you keep your forty five. Oh, okay. Less yeah. of the Shopify. So there's no fee, there's so no large like capital. 40. It sounds no, for not not for dropshipping. It all sounds pretty straightforward and amazing, but then the question I have which is I guess where the effort comes into play is putting your product out somewhere for people to see it and actually click on it and link it and buy it. That's all you're advertising. And market, a lot. this is where a lot research? of people go wrong. So uh, if you're not good at Google ads or Facebook ads or Instagram or influencers, TikTok nowadays, like there's so many ways to advertise an item. And if you're brand new to it, you might not get your head around it. You might be spending thousands of dollars with a marketing agency. Like it's that's where the limitations come from to people to see success with dropshipping. Because okay. if you can't advertise it well, yeah. then you're not going to generate those sales. I've got a basic idea of, of dropshipping. Again, haven't done a lot of research into it, but I've, and I've even told Karim that I'm wanting to get into it sort of, you know, to just, you know, test the waters. It's there. It's an opportunity. Why not? And my idea of it is, and this is how I would have gone about it, is buy a product through Shopify. Mm-hmm. You buy one, let's just say you buy one to have physically, mm-hmm. shoot some videos of it, yeah, yep, yep. post it on TikTok yep. and Instagram and everything like that. So then you've got your own content to, to promote Yes. and then have there on one of those platforms a link that goes to your Shopify website. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, that is correct. Yep. The only difference is at the very beginning, you mentioned you'd buy it off Shopify. You would buy it off AliExpress. Sorry, AliExpress yep. and yep. then sell it through Shopify. Sell it through Shopify. Yep. Okay, yep. cool. Yep. All right. So that's drop shipping. Another method that you can do is private label, which is where we were just touching on where you would have to buy the inventory and then they would prepare it in a container and then you would import it to whatever country. Um, <coughs> obviously makes sense if we're physically here to have it here, but you also want to have a look at your sales data as well and work out, okay, if this product, uh, you know, let's say you had started with dropshipping, if this product's been selling really well in the US, it doesn't like benefit the customer by having the inventory here where you've still got to ship it to America. They're still waiting, you know, two weeks. Um, so what you would probably do in that case would be ship your container to the US and then have like a, th- they call it a 3PL, a third party logistics warehouse um, hold that stock for you. What are the fees there? Um, it just depends how involved they are, honestly. Like you can have very minimal fees if they're just grabbing it off the shelf. It's already labelled, everything's done and they can just slap the customer's details on it and send it out. Yeah. If you want them to pick it and bundle it up and put tissue paper and put a thank you card and put it in these nice, all, nice. all of that. But at like, the end of the day, that's what people buy now. Well, it's branding, yeah, right? It's, branding. It's, all, it's all about that experience as well. So um, if they're going down the path of that, you're looking at like maybe $2.50 per order that comes out of in fees just for them to stand there and have their staff doing With that. that so so again, are they producing the thank you cards now, that stuff, or do you send it over and go, "Cool, this is what I want with every order"? Yeah, so you would source that elsewhere and then provide it to the three PL. Okay. Yep, yep. I feel like we're really just picking your brain at the moment. No, that's okay. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. Well, that's that's private labeling, <coughs> and then the growth on that is like you you see brands getting into retail stores and um, you know being able to be, have stockists and things like that, um, which is really exciting when you're growing a company. Um, and yes, that's sort of your two main ways on Shopify, dropshipping, private label. Um, and then you've got Amazon where you can also do a private label. Um, and instead of using a 3PL, you would use Amazon. They have a million and one different warehouses, um, you know, across the globe, literally, um, where they can store your stock and, and ship it out for you and do all of that. Um, and then you have wholesaling, which is what I do right now, which I find really enjoyable because I find when you've got a private label and you sort of, you know, you've crack the market, your product's selling well and you know that, it, you know, people are loving it. The hard work goes in at the very beginning of obviously getting it off the ground and then it's sort of just maintaining it. Whereas with wholesaling and, and growing it, yeah. But it's almost like you can get a little bit, I don't want to say bored, but I'm going to say bored. Um, <laughs> you can get a little bit bored with your brand because you've kind of, you've, you've achieved everything that you want to achieve. Everyone's loving it. Great. You're making sales. Awesome. But um, it's sort of, yeah, you, you, all you can really do to, to keep yourself sort of going is, is find another product to grow, grow the brand and grow the business. So with wholesaling, 
you're literally selling items that are already in the market, um, already established, already credible. Things literally like Colgate toothpaste, Dove. Yeah, I saw that. Dove I soap. saw that. There was like seven hundred thousand in revenue or something, something ridiculous. It's insane, but I find it really interesting because it's like I get sent these catalogs from suppliers of all of these different products, and it's like this is what you can buy it for. I then go plug them in on Amazon and I have a look at how much they turn over per month. And I'm just like, like LG TVs, like, would you think to start an e-commerce store selling LG TVs? Probably not, but you, you think can, it's such a high price point or something like that. Yeah. Well, you just think it's already been done. Like I can't, I can't get the rights to sell LG like, but you can through these suppliers. So with that, you can then list them on an Amazon store, buy them from the supplier, they ship it to Amazon and you list them on an Amazon store and okay. get access to a whole market of people that are already on so there searching for it. So then that removes the marketing element that we were talking about before. Correct. So, uh, and, and with wholesaling too, it's, it's, it's almost like you're the middle person. You are, yeah. You're, you're the middleman. You, you become the China in the dropshipping scenario yeah, almost. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then... You, yeah, because I before real estate, I was in the food industry, and mm-hmm. they're the one that was probably the the first industry to sort of, you know, start wholesaling in the sense of like they buy food, blah blah blah, bulk warehouse, and then just sell it for double the amount to restaurants, cafes, everything like that. Yeah, so it's the same same concept. Oh, 100 percent. It's been around for a very long time. Wholesaling <coughs> is not new, but when you take that into the online space, you leverage products that are already so well established that people are already on there searching every single day for these items. You're just a seller of it. You don't need to do any of that additional stuff. You don't have influences. You don't even have an Instagram account because who are mm. you? You're just a wholesaler. Like, mm. like but you silent can still make, just, yeah. You can it's still make money though. Like you said, like you wouldn't think that you're going to make, as the example, 700000 on toothpaste. Yeah. And from what I saw, it looked like the small ones. It didn't even look like the full size ones. Like, like the ones you have to use on airplanes and shit. Like, bro, what the hell? But then I'll pull up a product like that. So I've got a supplier right there ready to go saying, yeah, you can buy however many units of that off me. I pull it up. I do my product analysis and it will say there's five other sellers of that. So you've got the $700,000 worth of demand happening per month. You've got five other sellers. You're going to be the sixth. It's just like the the revenue that you can tap into, the, you know, is, is mind-blowing. Like it's... And I focus on the US because in the US, Amazon is like everything. There. Everything, it's massive. It's, it's that situation. You've got five people selling toothpaste. You're bringing your do you toothpaste. Yeah, like what are you doing? Are you dropping it a few cents? It's very price driven. Yeah. So yeah, it would be, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. And like so you then said, that's when you're doing your analysis, going, okay, what are they selling it at? There's there's graphs that show you the history of how long and and what that item is sold at. So okay, it's sold twenty dollars consistently for the last twelve months. Okay, I'm safe to buy it, knowing that I can sell it at twenty as my bottom line. You know. Um, so yeah, it's very price driven, but you do that analysis at the very beginning to make sure that you're not going to shoot yourself in the foot and go tie up all this money on these toothpaste, but then the next person starts selling it yep. at, you know, $16, you've lost all your profit. Mm. And then, um, with the next thing I was going to ask you is, okay, how does it go for, okay, cool. This product has died now. The, the demand for it is gone. Mm-hmm. How does that work? If one, you have still stock left over or two, like you just, yeah, like if you've just sold out, you go, cool, I'm not going to do this more. Let's find a new product and do more market research. Is that pretty much how it works? Well, you've got two scenarios. You've got your evergreen products that are like all year round. And then like you've got toothpaste. your toothpaste. That's yep. never going to die off, let's hope. <laughs> but um, you've got evergreen and then you've got seasonal. So seasonal, uh, I had a really great example to answer this question. Um, we were selling some pool toys, like the fl- inflatable pool toys um, a couple of months back because it was the summertime in the US. And then I start, and the, the products performed really well, but then I started to notice that the, the demand for it in our you know holding of that stock was still, it was starting to slow down a little bit. And it was like, okay, because I'm not physically in the US, I'm not thinking about the fact that it's the summertime is coming to an end. Then when we clued on, okay, the summer's over, we decided not to order that um, item again because it wasn't turning over what it was, you know, three months prior. So um, there are scenarios like that if you're buying products that, you know, are for a, a period of time. Right now, um, you know, we've got the new year, so yeah. there's a lot of things that are doing really well at this time, but, you know, they might drop off by April. Yeah, as they would. Yeah. Would In your product analysis, though, would you not have a, breaking point in the sense of like, all right, we need to sell this amount to make money and then the rest is sort of like margin, like profit margins. Well, don't you you're make, making it on every yeah, item. On every item, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah. Ah, okay. So I have my bottom line of what I'm happy to, <coughs> to make break on, even, a, yeah, on an item. <coughs> and then um, from there it's like, okay, let's say you had, like, because these suppliers will send like thousands of items across. Like you're not limited on a product you don't have to grab one because that's the only one you can get access to it's like you're spoiled for choice yeah let's do it let's take our time and do our analysis on different items and then from there okay you know these are our best 10 let's buy these 10 different things and depending on how much money we've got available let's tie up 
however much we can on those items. So if you've got like 10 fucking inflatable flamingos from pool, <laughs> let's just say. <laughs> you see my store. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best selling fucking pool toy. Um, floating beds. Yeah, the beds, yeah. The flamingos And they have nuts. like American flags on the beds. Yeah, like they it's love very, it. It's so patriotic. American. It's so far yeah. fucking retards. <laughs> hey, makes money. It yeah. makes sense. Money talks, bro. Right. <laughs> um, let's just say you've got um, 500 flamingos in your in your stock and sales have obviously stopped for it. Yeah, so sorry, you did ask this. Yeah, yeah. so how do we get rid of that? How do you get rid of that? So do they you have just leave them there uh, until they sell or do you put sell specials back. on there? Because yeah. obviously you've got your bottom line. Yep. Let's just say sell back to break even. You know, they're at their bottom line. Do you sell it back to the supplier? Because let us speak. She's trying to answer and you keep... <laughs> no, I'm just... Yeah, I'm curious. Sorry. He's Continue. throwing his ideas out there. Yeah. That's all right. Um, yeah, look, a couple of scenarios. One, you could hold it if you... Absolute worst case to the next uh, period. seasonal. That, that, yeah, if it was seasonal. Yeah. Yep. That's absolute worst case. Um, your main uh, first point of, uh, you know, thing would be to do... Um, would be to contact the suppliers, uh, you know, and ask them to buy that stock back, basically. So... Um, if you've got a l- good long-term history with these suppliers and they can see that you do buy from them quite regularly, then they're not too bothered to do that. Um, it, but again, instead of turning, you know, 20 grand into 30, it's 20 back for 20 and, you know, call it a day. So um, that's sort of your first point. And then from there, if you couldn't get the supplier to buy it back for whatever reason, um, then you would look at doing marketing and go very heavy on your marketing on the platform. And then, yeah, you would just need to, I guess, drop your drop your price to be as you know, competitive as pos- possible to be able to sell that stock. Or I'm assuming sometimes if you su- buy, sell back to the supplier, it might be like 20 into like 18. So you might lose a little bit, still better than going to ground zero. You can, but I, before I would say yes and sign off on something like that, um, you know, especially with clients' money as well, uh, I would definitely try the marketing side of things first. Yeah. Because let's say that, let's say you wanted to sell a pool toy for $30, just for the example, Um and they've cost you 15 from the supplier and the supplier won't buy them back for $15, let's try sell them on Amazon for 15 before we start selling them for 13 back to the supplier. Okay, so okay. I would go there first. Break even first. Break even, yeah, and okay. just try and clear it. Because there are still people that buy them. There's yeah, country, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's Sorry, not countries. There's, not there's like cities in the US that are still hot all year round. You've got Miami that's hot every day of the year. Like there are people that would still be um, buying those items. It's just not as in demand as they are in the peak period. It almost sounds like in this, you know, universe of e-commerce and dropshipping, <clears throat> there's like you can do it for the long haul mm. and you can also come in and make, you know, money quickly in the sense of like a few months. And I think in the drop that's more in the dropshipping sense yeah. is like, all right, I'm gonna buy a product that's in high demand. I could not give a flying fuck if anyone hates the you know the quality or you know the brand or whatever it is yeah if you're you're not worried about the longevity of it and you don't care about getting a bad rep bad reviews that sort of thing and you put your morals to the side trust me yes you can make money so you can just go boom i don't give a fuck i'm going to do it for a few months make a make a bit of money move on to the next product no one's ever going to know it's the same fucking person no they don't because when do you go on a store and know who the who the seller is yeah so is that is that a technique that people use in the sense of like drop shipping like every you know three to six months bad human being and with no respect (laughs) why is it bad bro like fuck who can like morally it's not like again it's ethical it, it, like it's just your t- ethics yeah <coughs> but if you if fuck we take, if we take shit, out bro fuck <laughs> bro, i'm serious like if fuck. we take out the negative side of it though and we just look at okay let's say you just want to sell a product and then when you get over it three months later you close that store down open another one yes you can definitely take that approach okay um so you know you can have you can have multiple stores at once um there's no limitation on that like you could have you know a store that's selling baby products another store selling pet products another one selling men's grooming whatever um so you can have multiple at once or you can go cool i'm going to do this for two months make a you know make bank um and close it down and do another one and like shopify they don't care consumers obviously don't really care unless they wanted to come back six months later (laughs) and buy the product off you again yeah and then they're like oh where's this store gone it's closed that's yeah i guess the downside to that would be like obviously each venture you have you need to re-market and build it back up hence hence why it's hard and it's tiring but if you've got a system in place why not well i've got i've got a a friend over in the u.s his name's ac hampton that's exactly what he does he absolutely dominates with drop shipping and that's what he's always done for years is just drop shipping he's never moved away from it but he's got a a full system of vas where they're overseas searching for products every day yeah fuck well They, they sit on tiktok now i saw him posting about it the other week they sit on tiktok looking at what's coming up as trending in products videos what can we okay this video went viral how can we order this and make uh, you know replicate this video so he has a full team and a full system in place to be able to do multiple drop shipping stores and scale them quite quickly 
that's his approach. He enjoys cool. that. I like that. For me, that. yeah, not, not, not my vibe. Not your vibe? No. Okay. So I like to be able to walk into a warehouse that has physical stock and see it and, you know, see the labelling of products and all that sort of stuff happening and it's going out like, you know, I, I have a prep centre that I work with in the US <coughs> right now and, you know, every second day I'll wake up and he'll have sent me through photos of on WhatsApp because the time zone difference when I'm sleeping, like they're prepping, you know, products and then he'll send me photos of it being prepped and going back out the door. And then I can track that transaction from where it's left the prep centre in New Jersey to whatever Amazon fulfillment centre it's going to. So it's pretty cool to be able to see the actual (coughs) inventory and then test out different things. Like, as I say, we've got catalogues of all sorts of different stuff. So it's like we get access to so many different industries where it's like even the the things that you don't even expect to sell well, like gardening products, kill it on Amazon. Gardening products. I don't shop online (laughs) for gardening products, but a lot of people do. Fucking Americans would, for sure. (laughs) What's If you don't mind me asking again, what's what's been like your biggest – like what's booming right now? Is is it like is it the garden supplies? Like is that sort of top tier right now for you? That's yeah, definitely garden supplies. Everyday household items, I think, is a really good one because it's just so in demand. Like, like you can plates, cl- sp- spoons, uh, like groceries, like kitchen sprays for your kitchen, like, like Windex, a- Ajax, and shit. yeah, Windex, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Right, he, he I promise I'm cleaning, not. I'm not huh? in he cleaning. It's because he's Greek. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm Greek. You like Windex, <laughs> but yes. things like that where it's like. What we would jump in the car and drive to Coles or Woolworths for, they open up Amazon, they order it in the morning, it arrives at their door. They're that the afternoon. laziest people and they just spend money on like unnecessary and shit. And people yeah. like us bank on it and fuck who cares. Yeah. Well, you can either be the customer or you can be the seller. 100%. Like the system, bro. 100%. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, everyday household items, uh, groceries and then baby products are always killer. Like baby products do very well. The market and the, the amount of money that you see in that space for kids, babies, incredible. Like, and I'm not a mum, so for me, I don't resonate with being a seller of it from a passionate point of view. Like, I, I can't resonate, you know, of what this product is for if I've never raised a child and, you know, used this bottle warmer. But when I look at the product analysis, I'm just like, holy crap. Yeah, like, fuck, it's just obviously, yeah. astronomical. Like, 100% the number one industry. Holy babies. crap. Well, I've spoken to quite a few people who have got successful businesses and stuff like that and few of them who've got their toes dipped in like, you know, e-commerce and everything yep. like that, real estate too. Yeah. And they literally tell me, and that's why I sort of said, if the numbers are there, who cares about, yeah. you know, your ethics or not? Because they said to me, when it comes to money and wealth, you have to look at it as like, as fucked up as this is to say, you have to look at it as a game. Yeah. As a numbers game. Yeah. If it makes sense, it makes sense. Yeah. Like it'll 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 work out. Like you know, he's like, have you ever paid Grand Theft Auto? You know, when you when you make money, this that blah blah blah. He's like, you need to have the same relationship with it as it's fake money, because mm. you know you because otherwise you get too scared in this. Like, oh, I don't want to spend that much, or you know this oh. and that. Scared money won't make you money. Hundred percent. That's that's what he was getting at. He's yeah. just like, if you're scared to invest, you got to look at it as a game. Like. How do I, uh, and then also you have your assets. All right, how do I, how do I double this? Or mm-hmm. how do I quadruple this? You know, how do I make 500,000 into a million? How do I make a million into 2 million? And then obviously but compounding th- that. As well, yeah, yeah. But I think the journey to get there once you have got to that goal. So let's say you want to turn 500,000 into a million. Once you have got there, you realize how achievable that was. Correct. The, the path to go from there to doubling that is doesn't feel that, you know, long or far. Um, <coughs> whereas I think people that are scared it's usually that initial step of like even just getting started i know people that have done the entire shopify they have found a product they've found a supplier they've done all their photography they've built out their website they've spent weeks on it and then they choose not to go live with their website they choose not to advertise it it's it's crazy it's crazy isn't it and And that's more of it's that's the point where the result will come yeah and that's where they're most scared to actually go live and and see how it goes but they've believed in themselves and backed themselves the whole way along but then they won't launch their store it's like interesting it's because you you know it we know it that obviously fear is a massive part resistance resistance as well you know and then it's just taking that step that to start the growth talking about the first step obviously your first uh, e-commerce thing was in the pet niche yep. so again how did that come about like what was it like you just again you did some research you spoke to some of your mentors and you go yeah this is what's booming right now you should just jump into it is yep. that and then you said you had your store running within the week yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. i feel like it, a lot it doesn't of people, take long it doesn't take yeah. long at all like if you want to fart us around and take your time yeah cool it'll take you three weeks and then you'll have a store live awesome but for me it was like 
I had my New Year's resolution and I'm just like, I want to, you know, not be sitting in the same position 12 months from now. And I've got some friends that I used to spend a lot of time with that uh, aren't in e-commerce and I saw them not that long ago and they were like, holy shit, when we think about like you, like they used to play golf every night and they'd like bring me to the golf range and I'd go with them because I had nothing better to do. And then I remember saying to them, I should not be at a golfing range watching you hit balls when I could be at home studying and like learning something and implementing it. So then I stopped going did my study, uh, you know, did the e-commerce set up, launched and then went all guns blazing and haven't looked back. And then now like for them, because I've moved away from Brisbane, when I do go back and see them, they're just like- What the fuck? It's the same nuts. thing like, every time. It's like with every successful person that we speak to, they go, the, the friends and the people we sort of leave behind yeah. always just see the outcome of the money or the success and the fame. Yep. But again, they don't see that. The, the small sacrifice, like it's like not a big sacrifice. Like I'm just not going to play golf. No. I'm just going to sit on my laptop for two hours and read some shit. Yeah. And then just implement it into my life. And yeah. if something good happens, it happens. Yeah. But it's like, again, people just go, oh, why would you do that? They go, why? It's always like, it's always negative until you made it. Yeah. It's always mm. the way. Yeah. Um, and another thing you, you, you're, you're big on, which we wrote down and then we'll move into like sort of how to get started is like always, you said always try and leverage free content because you don't want to pay for every customer so <clears throat> is that again just really using like your own resources like you know do, try and do your own shoot really try and use influencers is that sort of your go-to yeah well i guess an example of that would be instead of paying an influencer instead of getting a tammy hembrow spend that time and and uh energy on researching um you know 20 small influencers for example and send them out the product where you're not gonna have to pay them but they're gonna be more inclined to take content for you Mm. um so that would be you know an example of that or second to that yeah shoot your own stuff if you can like a lot of the time um you know photography it just needs to be shot on a white background like how hard is it to find a white wall in your home to be able to shoot the product on so um things like that i think if you can keep your expenses down um i definitely know a few people that have gone like all guns blazing from day dot without seeing the roi yet and i think that's a little bit like it's a little bit risky because you want to sort of grow with your business and and utilize what you can so even for me when i first started my dropshipping store because I was selling pet beds, um, there was this product had been around for a long time. There was already content on the internet. I was grabbing these random photos of dogs in these dog beds and putting it on my website as if it was my product. Again, my ethics were, um, <laughs> you know, questionable at that time, but it's still the same product. They're still going to get the same thing, but, you know, leverage the content that's already out there. Um, so I guess it comes back to Can you get that for like is. copyright? Is that thing like copyright and a copyright issue? Oh, at the time? I definitely got reached out to from a few people <laughs> being like, hey, that's my product or that's whatever. But it's our product. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> Fuck you, bro. You don't know but me. But no, I, I had this woman actually reach out and it was her dog. And she goes, I didn't buy from you. Like, can you take it down? But it was this ad that went nuts. And this ad was performing so well. Yeah. So I was like, if I have to switch this off, I'm going to lose money. Like, so I was just like, how do I like remove her with her, her not seeing it? I'm like, do I block this? lady like i'm like this what is she complained about she just it was was her like, dog. She, she goes this is my dog like you, you didn't i didn't buy from your store like can you take it down like she was nice about it and i ended up taking it down in the end oh, but I, okay. I took like three weeks to take it down i'm like oh sorry like our media I'm team gonna you know milk this yeah, yeah give me all the money i can and now we're done yeah <laughs> that's the downside of like you know if you do do something like that but um i guess yeah looking at what's already out there if you have something that's been around for a while because products that have been in the market for a long time still do well um, you know, so you don't always have to be reinventing, you like know, said, something evergreen. new. Yeah, yeah, it's evergreen. So, yeah, it just depends. I have a question. Go for Continue, it. Continue, Michael. Go speak. I'm just, yeah, from, from a business standpoint, when you're establishing these things, e-commerce, dropshipping, let's just use dropshipping as an example because it's something that individuals can do. Do you have to establish that as, do you have to have an ABN established as a business or do you do it like how in, this, in the actual specific sense? How do you set yourself up? You should have an ABN. Yeah. I think a lot of people when they're first getting started have no clue about the um, legalities and yeah, all of that. Yeah. Now in hindsight, hundred percent, you have to have an ABN. Um, I moved into having a company. I set up a company and a trust, um, you know. Uh, Straight away? Uh, I backdated it in the end, but I set it up. I set it up when the store started hitting big numbers. Um, like we were at a point of turning over like 400K a month in dog beds. Like it was insane. So at that point, it's like, I need a company. I need to trust if something goes wrong here, like they can come for things, all that sort of stuff. So, but to begin with, even to have a store, like this is another source of income. You have to treat it as that. Whereas a lot of people just think, oh, it's just something it's online. Like it's just whatever. Yeah, like it's 100%. like, you still need to do your taxes. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Where, where did that... <laughs> Where did you find that out in the sense of like, I actually have to establish a business and furthermore, a trust because 
not a lot of people understand the benefits of trust or even the fact that trust exists and how you can utilize them. Yeah. Like a discretionary trust. Yes. And how to utilize it for tax purposes and obviously better yourself in that in that way. Where did you where did you discover that? So I um, had a mentor at the very beginning and then I transitioned to a second one, which was more of like a life motivation, your manifestation, that yeah. sort of stuff. It was all about your goals. And when I first sat down with him, he said to me, he's like, okay, so what's your, what's your company structure? Mm. I'm like, <laughs> me, you know. Like, I drop ship. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> I got big goals and big dreams, but that's about it. You know, like I didn't have any of that set up. I didn't have a company. I didn't have a trust now I have multiple companies, multiple trusts. They all intertwine. Like it's it's interesting. You've got bucket companies for tax write-offs. Like it's there's no one so knows many, it. No one knows it, and no one realizes the benefit of having a good um, accountant. So I feel very grateful. I have a very good accountant. I work very closely with her. Um, but back then it was him looking at me going, well, that's your first step. And he put me in contact with his. So it was sort of like a networking thing. It was like, I'll sort that out for yeah. you. Um, but it wasn't until I sat down with someone that sort of had, you know, already succeeded in life that he was like, well, there's your first mistake. Cause you're going to get, you know, uh, 50% taxed. You get 50% taxed or you're going to get, if you get sued by that company, this yeah, company, it comes directly, like, for, it you. Comes directly for you. Whereas yeah. if they sue you, you trust them. No one owns it. They can't fucking track you down. Exactly. So they're the little things that play a massive part part and i feel like it's probably one of the most it's like a foundation for when you want to generate wealth whether you you know even as a real estate agent like Mm. you need to set up if you're smart you need to set up a trust that you get paid into your commission paid into because you want to save on tax well 25 percent flat rate as opposed to 100 as opposed to 40 40 tax Yeah. yeah and it's i like i just want people to know this i've always sort of said it and people you know, because I've spoken to accountants, I've spoken to people who do all of this as well and who have got massive, massive companies and they've all told me the same thing. And even I'm sure you've read fucking a few of Robert Kiyosaki's books as well. He literally says, use your money to pay for a good accountant. Mm. And it's like, if you pay for a cheap accountant, you'll get a cheap job. Yeah. So literally pay good money for an accountant that can set you up from the get go. Yeah. It's literally the foundation of of well, growing your business no joke on that back then when he came back to me he goes all right there's three grand you need to pay for this company and a trust and i'm like three grand three grand what the just, fuck just for a piece of paper that tells me this like yeah. and then i'm like and then what do i have to do with it like i wasn't educated on it yeah now <laughs> thank god my, ta- my tax my tax bills for my accountant to look after my stuff are five digits like yeah. it's yeah it's i pay I also You're saving I, so much. Massively. Correct. Yeah, and, and I know I'm in good hands. So, But back then I was like, three grand. I'm like, fuck, this guy stitched me up. Like, you know, <laughs> shouldn't have told him that I'm a sole trader. Like, but yeah, definitely um, ABN just to begin with. And then when you can see that it's working out for you and you're going to commit to it. So I think like, because a lot of people give up, you know. So if you're actually going to genuinely stay within the space and have an online income stream, mm-hmm. you need to then move into that company trust scenario okay. and, and source it from a, a legitimate, you know, really good accountant. Cool. I think one of the biggest things in general, which you guys sort of touched on, is that people just don't know. There's just a massive lack of knowledge and it's why we're here. So mm-hmm. I wanted to ask for those who, again, Let's say like, cool, I wanna, I've got a little bit of spare money and I want to get into dropshipping. It's like from the get-go, if you sort of have to run it, like a few dot points, like what's the process of being just an average human being to starting, like getting a product and starting to make some money? Is it like, cool, I'm gonna, I have to do market research first or do the, the Shopify first? Like what's sort of the step process? Obviously, you charge for this. I'm not expecting like a big ass. Buy Emma's uh, <laughs> education. Buy her course. <laughs> buy her course, guys. Link, link, link in bio, use link her link bio. tree. Uh, use my my M- packages M- start at ten grand, so I hope people are cash. MK yeah. Enterprises discount code, fifty <laughs> percent off. No, no. Um, look, honestly, I think if someone had a small amount, and if if I was talking to myself back a couple of years ago now, I think it would come back to one: how much time you're going to put into it; two: what your goals are and how far you want to drive it; and then three: yeah, how much spare funds you have available. That would be the things that I would ask someone to determine what path to tell them to take because there are there's no right or wrong. There are multiple ways you can succeed with e-commerce as a whole. Um, so even things like – I see it on TikTok all the time. Like, And TikTok's like – I feel like it's a modern-day YouTube right now in the sense of like you can put a keyword in and the amount of videos that come up that are like, you know, educational and share knowledge, is it's crazy. Yeah. So I've seen on TikTok, um, you know, quite a lot actually uh, around Etsy. You know, you can create these – 
um, you know, even like cards and stuff that are online for like baby showers or bridal showers, things like that. And you can sell them, um, you know, for you, you make it once on Canva, you sell it for 40 bucks a pop and, you know, that's mm. ongoing. So there's things like that. It's not just the methods that I mentioned earlier, but if someone was starting out, had very little money, um, the steps that they would need to take would be around. Sorry to interrupt. Is little money like two grand, five grand, 10 grand? Well, honestly, I have people in my DMs that have like $200 and they're like, hey, I want to change my life. Okay, cool. So yeah, that's very low entry. Okay. It's very low entry. Okay, yeah. Cool. Like it's, there's no, um, you know, discrimination minimum, around minimum. how much you're going to put into it. Because as you said, if you're doing just dropshipping for quick money, there's no direct uh, payment to the, uh, to uh, the supplier. Front, exactly. Yeah. The only upfront fees you've got is a Shopify website, $30 a month. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, that'll set you back. Um, you know, you've got your, yeah, Shopify fee uh, per month. You've got a sample if you wanted to order it to take your own content, depending on what the item is. Again, $30. <coughs> um you know, uh, you can take your own videos. You can grab stuff that's already on the internet, like I did. <laughs> like, there's, I'm proud of it. it got me, got me places. That's so, it. Oh, fuck, I'm all for it. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> fuck it. Who cares? Oh, I'm like that lady. No names, but her. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like you can really get started with dropshipping on a very low budget. But I think you can't give up on it because a lot of people, it will honestly take them five or six stores before they hit a product that does well which means you've got to repeat that process build out a brand new store create a new logo come up with a new name buy a new domain like there are uh, almost like a checklist of things you have to do every time until you get that product that takes off but you're not going to get it necessarily on your first go even like you said it took you about four months which is isn't isn't a short it's almost like a th it's a third of a year yeah of trying to get something growing but then now my life is completely different yeah exactly so and i and i just I think it's changed how I look at the future as well in the sense of I'm like, I already know that another three years from now, my life is going to be even more different. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's like you already believe forward now. It's just, yeah. yeah. One thing, the reason why we sort of started this is to better, you know, the community, the community and people's lives as well. And we've seen that and it like, it just, it no, it makes us feel like we're doing our job properly. Like we've had people who have reached out to us. Um, I, had a, I had a friend as well who's like, I listen to your podcast with this and that person. You know, I got involved with them and their course that they're offering. Mm. And through that, through listening to our podcast and then, you know, networking with that person, the guest we had on, he's he's gone through to buy a, a, his first property, which, oh, is, cool. which is fucking fantastic. So I guess I'm sort of getting at, do you want to sort of break down what you get with, if you would work with yourself in that regard yeah for sure what the possibilities are yeah by all means um so i have a couple of different uh packages offers whatever you want to refer to it as um the first thing that i have that is the lowest um price is 40 dollars a month it's a subscription to an email list where we basically with the products that we find from the suppliers that are really good mm -hmm. we'll give you the supplier we'll give you the uh, product analysis and what the product actually is yeah we're liter literally handing you that information you can then go ahead and source that product and sell it on your amazon store um the reason i talk about amazon is because the customers are already there the customers are already on the platform shopping so you don't need to do any of that marketing that i mentioned earlier it's sort of like the customers are there you just have to have the product yeah whereas the other option would be your drop shipping store on shopify where the customers don't know you exist you yeah. could have a shopify right now and i'd have no idea um, you've got to spend that money on the marketing to get people there. So you've kind of got A or B. So for me, I find the easiest path is to obviously just jump onto Amazon, but you need to have the product to be able to do that. So I have a $40 subscription per month where you can join our email list. And then basically I also do a lot on my Instagram. That's what we were talking about before in terms of like when I find something, I'll share the analysis. Um, that's on my close friends. So basically you get added to that. So that's uh, one offer that I have. Second to that, I have an online program, $750, and it's just like pretty much everything that you need to know to be able to start on Amazon, but it's not, it'll it'll get you started, but then from there, you kind of need to, to progress to that next step and the, the hurdles that you'd come across when you start to cross, you know, 10 grand a month in sales, that sort of yeah. thing. Um, I then work one-on-one -on -one with clients, so it's like a partnership as I, as I sort of touched on before, so um, we've got uh, a vast range of pricing all the way up to $60,000 um, in terms of 
setting up an entire Amazon store for you, purchasing all of that inventory. So usually depending on how much money a client has spare to buy stock with, we'll obviously return them, you know, 2.5 times that usually. Oh, like, yeah, wow. yeah, a massive amount. So the more they spend, the more they make. We do a profit split um, and I pretty much manage the store. So there are different things that I offer depending on where someone's at in their journey. Awesome. Um, so I, I appreciate that too, that you've got obviously different yeah, because I was, yeah. different, you know, entry level points, which is fantastic. And and for the people that are listening, guys, you need to you need to spend money to make money. Yep. I cool. literally spend 150 grand a month on my Amex right now um, in buying. Product. Can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> in buying, product. maybe one day. <laughs> but it's it's for my business though. So there you it's go. Not, it's not. Yeah. It's I mean you know. And then pay, again, it's that relationship with me. It's like fuck, I'm spending 150 grand. It's well, just that was like, my old salary. It's like I've yeah. gone from <clears throat> making that in a year to spending that in a month on product to grow my business. So, but again, the ROI on it is probably like at least two and a half times. So it's yes. like you, you know it's going to come back at 500. You're like, yeah. cool, sweet. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. So. Awesome. The last thing I wanted to touch on because I think it's a massive misconception is that. Not on your end, obviously. There's definitely long hours on your end, like sort of managing that sort of thing. But getting into dropshipping and just the e-commerce space, people have this misconception. It's like, yeah, man, it's just quick money. It's like there's no long hours. It's like, what's it actually like? Is there still long hours? Is it like lots of time researching, making content because people Can you just quit think your nine to five. Yeah, people just think I'm going to make some money, and it's like, yeah, but a couple hours a day, and I'm sweet. Well, this is what irritates me because a lot of people that reach out to me are like, and then. Unfortunately, I fit the mold of like that lifestyle, but I'm also a couple of years in and I have a full team now. Like, correct. I've got eight full time staff. Like, it's people see the word e commerce in your bio, see that you drive a nice car and like you just enjoy your life. They go, Yeah, I'm going to do this. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I'm like, Yeah, you can, but you also need to be very, very strategic and smart about how you get to that point. It's not going to happen on month one. So um, I think, yeah, it's the one thing that I hate is the comparison of someone's day one. To my day, you know, five hundred. Five like, years. Yeah, it's it's very it's frustrating for me. But then I like to show the life that I have because it's like this is my reality. It's possible, I'm yeah. really proud of it. It is possible. It's inspiring if you want to look at it that way. Some people look at it as like you know air rating or whatever. However, you want to refer to it, and it's just like it's it's really not for me. It's like I still work until ten o'clock at night every night with my laptop. There you go. Like my partner the other day, we went for a drive and we were, I knew we were going to be in the car for an hour and he looked at me and he's like, he's like, that, is that, thing, yeah, <laughs> is that thing always with you? Like, it, And I'm like, yeah, like it's, it doesn't stop for me. I love what I do. So I'm happy to put the hours in. But um, in the same respect, yesterday I spent four hours at the shops shopping in the middle of the day. I could do that on a Tuesday, like cool, whatever. Um, so it, it does give you that time freedom, but then you still, you, if you just drop the ball, your whole business will drop. Like that's yep. like anything. If, if you yep. put more time into it, the, m- the more it's going to pay off. More in, um, more out. More in, more out. Yeah. And I truly believe in that. But um, to begin with, like you really are going to need to put in hours. Like you won't find a product within 30 minutes that you're going to sell and have success from. You're going to, yeah. Yeah. Thank like, you. sorry, but that's the reality. Um, you know, I I didn't land on that product that I sold at the beginning, like dropshipping. The pet bed. The dog beds. Yeah, I didn't land on that for probably maybe four weeks. Like it was took a bit. And I had these other, I had this neck massager device that I sold um, and that did really well. But again, it lasted probably a couple of months at most. Um, Remember fucking fidget spinners? Yeah. Again, but like that, you couldn't have a successful niche, yeah. Yeah, store yeah. now selling that. So it's like you ride these waves when it comes to drop shipping and, and so forth. You want to build a brand and have a brand that stays around for years. You're looking at the, the likes of Booby Tape, for example, where they're, you know, years in and still growing. Um, you know, so it, it, it really depends what, what your goals are in the yeah. space. Like you said, you can be in and out, play the evergreen. Yep. Run along or game. like what I've done where I've, I've chopped and changed and tried different things and learnt different things. Like the people that mentor me now uh, are on Amazon turning over 60 mil a year US. Like they aren't the same people that I would have gone to for Shopify at the very beginning. Like mm. it's, it's different 100%. things that you can learn and that's what I kind of find enjoyable is like constantly learning and, and trying new things. Well, there you have it guys. So you do need to put in work at the yeah, start. Yeah, it's a lot of fun and games. It's a lot of fun and games. It's not all fun and games until <coughs> you crack your winning product Correct. and you make your money and then life's good. But then, you, but then <laughs> don't you, just spend your shit, yeah. reinvest yeah, it and no. make more money. No, I yeah. agree. I, I, on that note, very quickly, like 
I had a store that got shut down, but I knew that the product was doing really well. So I fortunately hadn't spent the money and had it there in savings. So I could then take that and go down the path of buying it in bulk from China because I knew it did well. But my store got shut down because of my shipping times because drop shipping out of China in the middle of COVID, there was no planes it was, flying. Yeah, it was, it took cool. forever. Like I'm talking six, seven weeks, tracking numbers were yep. still saying in transit. And I'm like, fuck. Yep. Like I'm getting these customer service emails and I'm like, my, my, my ethics, like my morals, <laughs> I'm like, far out. How much longer can I delay this? Like I was yeah. hoping it would just turn up and it was just taking forever. And then all this feedback, all this negative feedback, I got, ended up getting my Facebook shut down. Um, I couldn't advertise so on did you get? How did they track it back to you? Because you, you advertise through Facebook. So Facebook owns Instagram. Oh, so you Instagram. were advertising the yeah. product. Yeah, I was advertising the product. You personally. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. Well, sorry, they can't see that, but on my personal Facebook, but in the back end of it is me. Oh, okay. On the yeah, front yeah. end to the customers is the brand. Okay. Um, but yeah, if you get negative feedback to your brand, they close down you. Oh, so okay. So okay. Shopify control that out of your... Facebook. Facebook. Oh, Facebook. The yeah. advertising okay. side, yeah. Okay. And then um, the platforms all talk. So Facebook can tell shopify that like that you've been banned that sort of thing so then it becomes a bit of a flag on shopify's end they'll ask more questions they'll ask to see more id bank statements yeah you can really end up down a rabbit hole if you're not careful and don't do it legit and proper but at the same respect i was like i'd paid for the product it is on its way to you you are gonna get it (laughs) but it's out of my control it's out of my control and everyone kind of had to like milk the whole covid scenario of like you know everything's backlogged everything's delayed and you just had to try and ride that wave as much as you could Awesome. Did you want to add anything else before we wrap up? Anything we miss? Give yourself a shout out. Shout out anyone. <laughs> Say something silly. No, no. Um, thanks so much for your time. Absolutely. Thank you so that's much so for your time. Bummer. Thank you. Oh, thank we're you so, so we're sorry we took you away from your laptop for this hour. Uh, that's okay. No stress. <laughs> Hope you haven't missed too much. Guys, if you aren't already following Emma on Instagram, please do. Use our link tree. Spend your money wisely. Start 2023 off. With a fucking bang. With a bang. Yeah. 100%. Get smart. Invest in knowledge. Invest in yourself. Make bank. Let's do it. Thank you guys very much for listening to another episode of The Life Pod and we'll see you guys on the next episode, guys. Take care.